0: All right, Knights, you are in for a treat. We have our very first ever Deadlight Nerd panel that we're moderating with two amazing guests. The first one is Robert W. Ross. He is the author of the number one best-selling Sentinels of Creation print and audiobook series, the first book in his new sci-fi series, Paradigm 2045 Trinity's Children, which was released fall of 2020. In addition to his work as an author, Robert has led the artificial intelligence and experience design efforts for a number of Fortune 100 companies. He is also a keynote speaker and a guest lecturer at both Georgia Tech and Kinshaw State University. Robert's most recent book, A Scion of Amberlight, Book 6, in the Sentinels of Creation series was released on March 9th, 2021, and currently boasts a 4.9 on Audible.com. For Robert, the magic is the product of his personal collaboration and friendship with narrator Nick Pardell. Speaking of Nick, he's our second guest. Nick has been described as a treasure. The man with a voice like silk and honey gives voice to a multitude of characters that heretofore only existed on the page. By night, he balances the time as a husband, dad, and amateur armchair general. His castle stands proudly in the mitten state where he hopes for snow each and every day. All right, Knights, hope you enjoy it, and we'll catch you on the
1: flippity-flip. Some of the some of the things Johnny and I have been talking about, what we kind of wanted to ask you guys when we got you back on. Robert was our more recent guest. Nick was on, I think it's not quite been a year, but... It's been a while. It's been months, mm-hmm. at least a decade, at least. <laughs> at least at a least. decade. And Nick, okay. I think you are our most popular video on YouTube, FYI. You have uh, crushed what? it. No, seriously. Like Thanks I think people are just refresh. searching your name constantly because, yeah, <laughs> one of the most commented <laughs> ones too. So it's kind of fun.
2: <laughs> well deserved. He's. I joke because he's one tenth of a star better narrator than I am a writer so one tenth it's a big tenth ball. well i mean i'm lucky that it's only a tenth you know yeah
1: there it is. <laughs> <laughs> performance Sorry. excellent story that, that yeah. hit me was really funny oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so how did you guys meet though that's that's kind of as we jump into this podcast i was just curious how did you two become acquainted with one another and who initiated Pick me it? up at a
2: bar yeah
1: he picked me up <laughs> at a bar
2: Every oh, really? great story!
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no.
2: Um, uh, I I was writing back in 2015, and um, I had decided that when I started uh, writing seriously, um, that I wanted to do audio first. Meaning, I wanted to write the prose that would easily translate into audio, which we could get into what that means a little later if you're if you're interested, but. Um, so I was getting towards the tail end of A Power Renewed*, which is the first book of the Sentinels Creation series, and um, I figured since this is audio, uh, you know, I better start looking for uh, for a narrator. And um, at the time, uh, I was uh, just finishing maybe my second read through of uh, *Name of the Wind*, or or maybe it, we had got, moved on to um, *Wiseman's uh, Spear. Spears*. Um, and um, and so I said, you know, I. I think that, that Nick would do a good job with um, translating the the female and male characters. So um, I, I thought I'd just reach out to him. So I just wrote to him. I was like, hey, would you be interested in, in doing a, a story with me? And uh, he just wrote back and said, yeah, I'd love to do it. So it was really as, as, as uneventful
1: as that. <laughs> So, so Nick you were just sitting there and got an email and there's no more there's no more to this story you want to add
3: <laughs> um really the only thing that I would add is that
1: I had
3: just started at that point working with independent authors up until that point um, I had only barely stuck my toes into the um, self recording Avenue um, it had been all with larger publishing companies like the am you know audible and brilliance and things like that um and when robert emailed me i was at a point where like i didn't have a lot of projects going on and so i didn't know anything about him i had never read any of his material but he just kind of sent me a quick little blurb about what the story was about and um kind of what he was looking for and i was like yeah okay let's do it i don't know you but yeah <laughs> so and oh go ahead So yeah we we started uh, we started um emailing back and forth and then we talked on the phone a few times and um got a sense pretty early on that this was going to be a a pretty close collaboration kind of work um that he wanted to be a part of the process and um, what I was used to at that point was just a production manager saying, here's your script. You're going to go in the booth at this time, make us a book. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of contact with authors at that point. Um, and so I was excited about the opportunity to get to work closely with the person who had created the material.
1: That's cool. So, So two of our questions just kind of in the same vein knowing that you and Robert are friends, we had two questions from our last cast that people like drilled us on. So one of them you may not be able to answer, but one you, I think you can. So the first one was, have you ever met Patrick Rothfuss in person? And then the second one is, uh, are you going to do the third book when it comes out? So I have never met Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, My dad did
3: though, because (laughs) he had him him, uh, bring... uh, My dad brought one of the uh, print copies of Name of the Wind to a book signing that he was doing in, I think, Madison, because both my dad and I believe at least at the time, Patrick Rothfuss, uh, lived in Wisconsin. And so um, he actually got to meet him and sign a book for him and say, hey, this is for my son, Nick Podell. And uh, he's like, he's like, okay, thanks. And, you know, signed him. He's like, "Uh, yeah, he he narrated your audio books. He's like, oh,
1: oh. (laughs) so kind of a kind of a <laughs> that's really funny actually but <laughs>
3: <laughs> well i mean you know not too many people have heard the name Podel, So it's right. not a common name you know but uh but yeah so i've never met him um i also do not know whether or not i will be narrating the third book um as far as i know the manuscript is still in process and so once that gets finalized and uh, depending upon which company he goes with to produce it, uh, they will cast it. And so I hope they cast me,
1: but I don't know. Riots in the street if they don't. John Anna, I'll be leading them.
0: <laughs> leading the
1: way. <laughs> uh, maybe not that dramatic. Riots on yeah. Reddit. Riots on Reddit if they don't. There we go. That means, there we that's go. more meaningful. Yeah, Probably it's true. better. <laughs> Actually, it can cause more havoc sometimes. You guys see GameStop? Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Right. True. True. So, Robert, have you and Nick, Robert, have you and Nick met in person at all?
2: Yeah, several times. Uh, you know, um, in fact, uh, we had moved into a uh, we had downsized into our current home, which um, we lovingly call our our, um, our hobbit hole now because it's a little cottagey <laughs> thing. And so, uh, I had a spare bedroom that had nothing in it. Uh, except a, a TV, which I would shunt one of my kids in when they're making too much noise. Like, go play in the guest room. <laughs> like, how's the guest room? There's no bed in it. So, um, so, so Nick and his family came came down to uh, to to visit, and so I had to turn it into a real bedroom. <laughs> so I finally had it had it an excuse, and we got a nice got a nice bed, and all of a sudden, I get a good stuff. And then uh, he and the girls uh, and his wife uh, came, uh, and my daughter uh, showed up at the door. Cause my daughter likes to cosplay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and
2: she cosplayed as, uh, as Ariel. So when they land opened walking the do- Ariel land, walking,
3: yeah. Ariel, <laughs>
2: land, walking, Ariel, as opposed to she wasn't flopping around on the ground. <laughs> going, oh my God, where are my legs? <laughs> I um, can't breathe. <laughs> that would not have been good for the girls. I think. Yeah, um, no. So, um, so yeah, they, she, they opened the door and, and Ariel, uh, greeted them. And it's so we have the video of it. It's adorable. And they're, uh, uh, they're so shy and little <laughs> and adorable. And now when we see each other, they go running up to to Autumn and that's my daughter and, and leap into her arms. And <laughs> occasionally they'll eventually they'll get to me. But uh, but yeah. So I guess that's a long one. Yes, we've met several times. <laughs> uh, our families are well <laughs> entwined.
3: <laughs> yep, he is
1: Uncle Robert. Awesome. So- yes, and they are, And they are my grandlings. <laughs> they are. Yep, grandlings. <laughs> So as you were setting all this up, were you technically a self-publisher at the time? Would you uh, be classified I, as that? Or? Yeah, I think for the first the first
2: couple of visits, so now I'm kind of hybrid, so I have one series with a publisher and one, one by myself, so I could kind of kick around the, the experience between the two of them. But yeah, at the time, uh, just my own publishing company.
1: That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think did you did were there a common interest that you guys had that kind of laid the groundwork for this friendship to bed and is it common for narrators and authors to be friends those are my two questions for you so
3: i don't know too many narrators who are close friends with authors um i there's got to be some right um but i don't know if it's the the norm to you know go on family vacations together and thing like that. Um, you know, Robert, you know, a bunch of authors, so you might be able to speak to this, but.
2: No, I think it's, I, mean, I think it's more, I, I don't know of any either. Um, and, 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 um, I think it's more, we just kind of clicked and had similar, uh, nerdtastic interests. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, 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 I've built, you know, a tunnel system underneath my house to a variety of houses in the neighborhood. So when Nick finally picks one, we'll be able to do tabletop games underneath the houses without our respective wives finding us. Um,
1: so it's, it's it's just a matter of time in in the nerd bunker.
4: <laughs> yes,
1: man. Between your writing and uh, Nick's voices, you could have some serious Dungeons and Dragons and magic card games going. You know that
4: <laughs> some intense
1: stuff. <laughs> There will be reports in yeah. the neighborhood of strange, you know, noises coming from underneath the the street and stuff. It's going to turn into like a stranger's thing vibe. Very, <laughs> very true.
2: Especially since since Nick has gotten more into to Warhammer. Uh, I'm still uh, uh, a a neophyte of neophytes, but they're uh, they're uh, they're much more, I think, scary sounding than w- 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 the games we were playing, which was uh, more Napoleonic. Um, so <laughs> right. But he did name he did name the uh, the army after Shannon. So they're the sisters of Saint Shannon, which is funny because I don't think that's, that Shannon would uh, would qualify for sainthood anytime soon. <laughs> well, at least Kellen would say that. N- yes, if, he's, <laughs> if he knew it was good for him. <laughs>
0: is there any so me and Jay we we originally bonded because of Skyrim not really but we did he did one time come up to me he's like have you played Skyrim and I almost backhanded him like are you kidding I am Skyrim <laughs> yeah exactly get out like, of here with that talk to me till you get to level 100 and he's like what's that <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do that too because it's it the one thing this pandemic did do it it may it help me like rekindle online playing with friends or, or or playing modded Skyrim I did that the other day it was I didn't even do anything I walked around for six hours and just modded and they're like I don't want this have we been able to do that lately with you guys? Have you been able to interact that way?
3: Well, actually, um, this just this last summer, so during the you know first sort of move down in the COVID cases, but we were still all kind of locked in. Um, I got into Warhammer, which if your listeners are not familiar, uh, it's a tabletop war game. Um, and I play Warhammer 40 K, which is the sci-fi variant of it. Um, and I dove, I dove hard <laughs> into it, which, you know, we've got a lot more time. So I have a lot more time to cut out and glue and paint models. But, um, I actually convinced, uh, Robert to play some war games with me. Cause at the beginning of COVID, I was just doing Napoleonic war games, um, I'm a cheapskate, so I wouldn't <laughs> buy any of the like, you know, actual legit miniatures. I'd go out to thrift stores and try to salvage risk games and paint those little tiny figures. Um, and told Robert about it. And he's like, "Oh, that sounds really cool. We we should try to do that." And so we brainstormed on how we could come up with a way to play remotely. And I actually set up a war room in my office with uh, a webcam. Mm-hmm. And my iPad over here and my iPhone over here. So we had like different angles that he could jump to and stuff. And he would tell me, okay, move, uh, move this unit toward the bridge. And that's what I would do. it. so, I mean, like we were playing yeah. together, but it was just me down in my basement, uh, in my <laughs> office, moving all the pieces around and Robert's calling the shots from his home in Atlanta. So <laughs>
2: It was it was a lot of fun. In fact, we, we were kicking around uh, doing a Patreon uh, of, of that because um, and having people be able to to join in in these games and so forth. And we still might do it, but it was um, it was surprisingly functional. We ended up doing um, having a Discord server uh, and having multiple cameras uh, and had you know we had you know a couple of, of uh, Nick's friends uh, play as well. So we had, you know, different armies, uh, you know, on this terrain. And of course, uh, Nick, be, Nick is like, like Henry Cavill looks just like him too. So, um, so, so, I mean, I, I sometimes spin I image. can't tell them the part. They're I just, saw him take off that image.
0: sweater. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> so you see a picture of Henry Cavill, like painting this little miniature. And my daughter's like, how is this man not married? Um, and, and, uh, and so Nick's similar and that he can make these these terrains. And I'm like, how the heck did you do that? It looks just like it's made out of stone. He said, oh, it was a milk carton or, you know, it was an egg carton. And I just painted it with this. And all of a sudden, it, it looks like a castle. I'm like, yeah. Um, and so he has this whole terrain set up. And we were able to play and have the different angles. Like, move to camera too. You know, and <laughs> and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I'm still more partial to the Napoleonics. Because uh, I understand it a little more. Uh, although the uh, <laughs> the uh, the sisters of Saint Shannon's are pretty pretty cool looking, uh, I'll give them that.
1: You guys have me intrigued. I'm feeling like I need to research this a little bit more. I, I think you might have to 100 because Johnny and I this is right in our vein. <laughs> this is our bread and butter. We'll,
0: we'll, uh, we'll maybe maybe over some... uh, Skype and it worked great. So keep just keep us going,
3: right? I'd Maybe maybe some bonus material at the end of the podcast, I can take you guys (laughs) on a quick tour of the war room. That'd That'd be sick.
0: Put it on our. See the setup, crazy, yeah. (laughs) Real talent. It's really not that
3: impressive.
2: (laughs) Yes, it is. It's pretty cool. And we tried different things first because we tried. What did we try? We tried Zoom first because uh, it was free because of the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. then it stopped being free and we're cheap so we're like that's (laughs) out uh and then we tried something else it didn't work because it because it i think it i think it was something that had a timer on it and then my son actually came in and was like well what hey boomer why don't you use uh discord (laughs) but (laughs) like
1: hey we We were thinking about it (laughs) johnny and i get it we uh we we tried using a few different things and they kept losing our audio or whatever like like the the, the original audio and the backup. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! So we just jumped back to Zoom. We're like, I'll pay it because it's not worth the time to lose the lose my flipping audio. I lose my mind. Sure, I'm about to Wait. throw my computer into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Zero patience. I'm gonna go full. Uh... Oh no, I can't be blanking on this. The Russian security officer. Um... Eisha. Thank you, Misha. On the spot. sometimes <laughs> names escape me. I was about to go full Misha on my computer last time it happened. Oh, I'm sure Skype will work. <laughs> Take this Barbie as I punch the computer <laughs> um, yeah, speak,
2: speaking of Misha just we were a couple hours ago we had um we had friends over um and they were um they were talking about because they um hurt what one of them is a beta reader for me um and um rachel had mentioned my wife rachel had mentioned just like you know svetlana would because it was girl this woman was mentioning svetlana a woman of the shorts was named svetlana and and rachel goes svetlana would have been a good name for for that character in your book and everybody turned to her and i was like no no this is why you're not the writer svetlana no svetlana you know, you picture svetlana in your in your head and this is probably gonna insult to a bunch of Svetlanas i'm sure but i see svetlana as as kind of more of a a Gina Carano type person, like a big person that's like going mm-hmm. to take you and turn you into a little pretzel. Whereas Misha will still turn you into a pretzel, but she's the kind of person where you're like, wonder what happened? And you look down and there was like a knife wound that you took three minutes ago <laughs> that you didn't even know happened. She kind of like weaved in there and stuck. you. <laughs> um, so just two completely different character, t- character traits based on the name. Um, so she, my wife got, got knocked down
1: pretty hard, <laughs> actually. Everyone, boo, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: I just imagine the whole room just turning with a little drop. Like, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Burner, anyway.
0: <laughs> She's a
2: witch.
1: <laughs> uh, so speaking of your current projects, what tell us? Let's do some shameless plugs real quick. Of what's we kind of talked about how you guys met. Johnny, should we jump into kind of where where we're at right now?
0: Yeah, let's do let's do current events. Current events.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. Um, well, uh, Nick just finished. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the sixth book in the Sentinels of Creation series, the second to last book, um, and it's called The Scion of Amber Light. Um, and um, it just launched Tuesday. Um, so today is the is Thursday the 11th. So it, it launched on uh, Tuesday the 9th. Oh. So it's, it's, it's just a baby crawling mm-hmm. around. Uh, I'm really happy with with uh, all the reviews it's gotten so far, and and uh, the, the people that have been commenting about it. Um, so um, so yeah, I'm excited about. It. I have a I have a copy of it. I have a beat up copy because the print ones. Are, I haven't even gotten my print copies yet. Um, and uh, this is actually I showed this to you guys earlier. This is for those people who are watching. This is a beta copy. So, so when I when I do uh, my books, I have an alpha version, uh, which is where very, very mean people tell me all the things I really screwed <laughs> up. Uh, and then I have after I fix that, I have a, a beta to five different people. And then they send me back smaller things that I screwed up. And if you can see, I don't know, because I have an old MacBook. See all those every one of those little oh dog God. ears. Every every one of those is, an, is where I screwed up every <laughs> single one. <And> this <laughs> is the
4: beta.
2: Um, beta. <laughs> Beta. Uh, so yeah. So, uh, but that's the cover, uh, and it's um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really digging how how people are, are are liking it, and a lot of them are making the same comments that I'm making. Does can, does it have to end with the next one? And I'm like, yeah, it really does. Um, so it's uh, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna have all the feels uh, as well. But I'm really committed to. I have people go. This one was my favorite, and that one's my favorite. I'm really gonna try to have this the seventh book. Uh, and I, I, it, I shouldn't even talk about it because I'm talking about the seventh book when the sixth one just came out three days okay. ago. But the seventh book, I'm really working hard because uh, I, I, I started on it uh, and I go full bore on it starting Monday. Um, uh, and uh, I really want to try to make that one the best of it so that everybody, you know, um, kind of says the same thing. This one was my favorite. So each character gets their moment in the sun uh, as you go through uh, that this last story and tie it all, all together. I've got... I got s- just stacks of notes that I've taken over the last six years of like, put this in the last book, put this in the last book. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be a lot of
1: work. Now, on of Creation, about. so it's going to be seven books to finish, and it's urban fantasy. Do you mind? I know what urban fantasy is, but I don't know if you know our listeners do.
0: I'll play devil's advocate. What is urban fantasy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really don't well, know, you know if Johnny
2: it's, knows. It's interesting because it's a subgenre. So you have fantasy, and then there's subgenres underneath that. And it's kind of been refined a little bit. So, so I think it's more, I think the current terminology is mine would fall more into contemporary fantasy than urban fantasy. But, but the two of them, uh, the overlap between the two is, it's really, it's fantastical elements set in the more mundane world. So technically, Harry Potter could easily be urban fantasy mm-hmm. uh, because you have these magical elements, uh, but people could have iPhones, Right. Um, and so, um, urban fantasy. Some of the people that have defined it is where it's it's kind of more in an actual urban environment, uh, and mine takes place really in in a, a suburban and and all sorts of different environments. You know, sometimes it's even in rural, but it's 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 set in 2020 uh, through um, actually it's set 2015 through 2022 is really the, the the setting for the book. So it's it's a contemporary time. Um, which, which makes it fun because you can juxtapose magic and magical elements with, with modern day technology. So that's one of the things I really like to play with is, is uh, and Nick does a great job because one of my, one of my favorite characters is, mm-hmm. is the AI character, uh, Jarvis, uh, who um, he used to be uh, the fir- first self-aware aspect of IBM's Watson. Um, And the character kind of works on it and and helps him become self-aware. And Kellen stumbles into him and he's like, oh, you mean like, you mean like the AI in Iron Man? And the the other character is like, no, 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 don't say that to him. And then the the AI refuses to acknowledge being called anything but that because he, over the last 30 seconds, watched all three Iron Man movies and is like, that's really cool. I want to be him, which really pissed off the guy that created him. Was like, I don't want to call you Jarvis. And he's like, let's do that. That's who I am then.
1: <laughs> I like that. I was I was about to say the same thing. Jarvis. Like <laughs> I know that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um so so Nick does a really good Jarvis.
1: Can we hear a little bit of Jarvis real quick, yeah, Nick, on mm-hmm. Nick on the spot? Sorry. Nick on the spot.
3: I can't believe mm-hmm. you would put me on the spot like that. That's that's very unfortunate that you would do this
1: to me. Kellen. <laughs> what
0: what is happening, Kellen?
1: That's so good.
0: Uh, this is why we can't have you visit us because me and Jay will just be sitting. Okay, do this voice. Okay, do that. I, okay, I, say this. I think for five think hours said, straight.
1: What did, what did he say, do it, Monkey Boy? I think that was the uh, expression he used <laughs> on our on our last cast <laughs> as we were trying That's to dance, get a new voice. Dance, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Do you have a favorite voice, um, Nick in the in the Sentinels of Creation series?
3: Ooh, man.
0: Or is there one that you're proud of? You're like, yeah, that one came good.
3: I'm trying to think. I love so many of the characters that are in there that I I have a really hard time picking a favorite. Like with, with most books that I do, there's clearly like one where I'm just like, yep, that's my okay. favorite right there. With Sentinels, I mean, I've, I've said this in a lot of the... Uh, posts that I've made about the books when they, when they're released and when people, you know, ask me like, Hey, what's one of your favorite books? What should I listen to? Um, I continually comment on how the characters that Robert has written are so just full and real that I feel like I know them. Like I've, you know, I've, I've said it before. They're like, I feel like Kellen and Shannon come over for dinner and game nights at my house. I mean, they're just, they're like people that I would know. And so it's, for me, it's not the same as another book because these characters are almost real to me, which I know makes me sound a little bit crazy, but they're they're not just characters that I'm doing a, you know, fun voice for. Um, so I don't know if I would be able to pin that one down as far as like a favorite. Um. I don't know, Robert. Do you? Do you have any thoughts on like things that I have said before? That it's like, oh yeah, this this one was one that you really had fun doing.
2: Um, he seemed to have fun with all of them. Um, I there's, do. There's some That's that, the problem. Yeah. Now Rachel has a favorite. My wife okay. has a favorite. Um, she loves Don McLeod. <laughs> she can't get enough of Don McLeod, especially yeah. when he talks about out. <laughs> so Dom McLeod is, his, um, that's it he's 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 Shannon's uh, 13th century dad <laughs> uh, and he lives life hard and wanted to burn Kellen as a witch
1: <laughs> <laughs> going back did to not that. go over well for their first
2: <laughs> meeting um, and uh yeah so he wasn't. He was none too happy about that. But but uh, yeah, I,
3: I think that that's Rachel's favorite because he's a lot of fun. Uh, I think honestly, the ones that I have the most, I'll say, fun with are the like tertiary characters that come up in the series, where they're either based off of like a historical personage or um, you know a like a real world influence goes into those characters, and I get to really. Flesh them out, and bring them to life. Um, I think that those are some of the ones that I have the most fun with, just because there's a lot more leeway with what we can do with them.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. So there's a character in this book in, in *A Scion of Amberlight*. That's the one that just came out. Um, that we because we we spend some time doing doing voice studies together with each book, and, and some of them are generic, and then some of them we spend more time on too. And this and one of them was uh, we, we patterned it after. Um, uh, Churchill. Love, love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so that one was a lot of fun. Um, Cause he just was very, very Churchill, um, And then, um, then there was another one on my, on my Patreon. One of the tiers that people can choose is they can, they can choose um, and have a character that they can have created and inserted into the story not just like a name but an actual character we work on a little bit and, and um and and in, in, and uh and nick did voice this character uh charlie wells who's in a scion of amber light who was um the grandfather of one of the patrons on my patreon and uh charlie had a really interesting life he um, you know lied about his age to get into world war one uh helped build the titanic uh and just had really a very colorful life um and um so we placed him in a scottish bar he was scottish uh in a scottish pub uh got to interact with the fae um and um and we didn't actually spend a whole lot of time figuring out what his voice should be but the patron um pete who uh so this is pete's grandfather um uh, when he heard it he said that um he said two things and they were just and i, I shared this with nick today and, they, and, and, I, and I commented about why I treasure so much his Nick's and my partnership in this is because he said to me, he said, I'd never met my grandfather until today, which was really gratifying and humbling to me because my words helped him meet his grandfather who I'd never met. And then he said, and Nick sounded just like my dad who passed away a week before. So, so, so Nick's voicing who he had no idea why, why how to voice him except, you know, except the background of of the character and so his voicing sounded like pete's dad and my words introduced him to his grandfather uh and that's that tight partnership that that really has developed over the six years or so that nick and i worked together uh, plus i think a little bit of, of spiritual providence um, you know i'm, I'm catholic and my beliefs and a lot of different spiritual in, in involvement in some of my writing um and um and the fact that we were able to do that for pete i think uh is um was really impactful
1: that's so cool i almost don't know what to say awesome. like it's a little too like i can't comment <laughs> too, on it without too deep for the...
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly sorry promise lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> no that was really it was beautiful cool. no, it really was really cool because you know some guy probably was like oh yeah i'll, I'll contribute and then he got mm. a better gift That was awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I can I can relate to that. So my grandfather, all my grandparents are dead. They, I don't know what's going on with my family. I tell my wife, you're gonna have to live a lot of years after me because they're all dying early in my family. I don't know what's going on. And every time she hates the joke. Um Yeah, no, they don't like that at all. No, he that, he that regularly. I hope you like being a young widow. <laughs> she doesn't look forward to that. So they don't like mean, they, I mean, they universally no, hate that. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a universal wife thing. I think they yeah. all hate it. <laughs> Um, but I hear a lot in my family that I look like my grandfather. Um, none of like, so I'm the tallest of my siblings and my grandfather was really tall and really no one else in my family is super tall. And, and they just say my mannerisms and stuff remind me of him. So that's kind of cool. Like, I can relate to that, like desire to want to, to meet him. Um, cause I never met him. He, he passed away when I was so tiny. Um, but that, that's kind of a, it's interesting that you can even do that. You know, that's almost, it, it's almost something like it, stranger than fiction or, or, um, What's the term? Like it, it's so cool that it it couldn't be written. You know, someone couldn't come up with this kind of thing. In terms of, I don't know, his his father just passed away and how it all kind of rolled out. It's, yeah, it's it's uh divine. We'll call Hollywood it that. Ending.
0: Hollywood, <laughs> Providence.
1: Yeah. yeah, Providence. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> um, so moving on to a, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Johnny. Do you have any follow up to that? Well,
0: I was like, it's a little too chummy here. No. Me and Jay get along great, but sometimes he he grinds my gears. Tell me one time at least. Did you guys did like Robert write something? Nick's like, I don't want to read this. Or did you read something? And you're like, no, come on, Nick. A little different the voice. Did you ever at least a little bit? Give us something to, to ruin this perfect harmony.
2: <laughs> All right. You gotta go first, Nick. That, that way I'll be I'll be a a, a little less mean than you. That way I'll
3: look <sighs> Okay, okay. I'll make you look better. All right, here we go. Um so Robert mentioned character studies. Yeah. We will do we'll do character studies where we'll I'll outline all of the characters that I need to know. Like what what thoughts do you have? What do you want them to sound like? And he'll like he'll send me video clips and stuff of different actors or portrayers. Be like, I think they have this tone, but do it with this accent, um, which is great. I love having um, info like this. But it, it's don't worry. This is gonna get this is gonna get <laughs> not nice. So far, it's all really nice, but. Um, So on some of the characters, um, Robert will get pretty particular. And I I think that your alpha readers help where they have very specific ideas in mind. And if I don't nail it, it's sometimes like maybe four or five different iterations that we have to do. And it's like, okay, I I like the tone of number one but the timbre of number three. And can you combine it with the cadence of number two? And at this point, I'm just like... Oh. That's when I remind him how much he loves me. <laughs> and it's true, it's true, I do, I do. Because I don't do that for everybody. <laughs> no. It's also when I, I link to um,
2: the, uh, the video, the audio uh, song of... Um, I forget the, the, the comedian's name, but he's got a song and he goes, uh, I'm an asshole. I'm an
0: asshole.
3: That's Dennis Leary.
0: Dennis Leary.
2: That's it. Dennis Leary. Yep. That's that's a 50 plus year old brain of mine. forgetting things already.
3: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's also though, before um, when it was okay to be politically incorrect. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he could get away with that song anymore. No. Nope nope he's probably been scrubbed i think so you
2: so have need. to
0: get in the dark web now yep
3: <laughs> yep <laughs> yes all right Thanks. robert your turn yeah. uh <laughs>
2: i don't Roberts, know his
0: voice was horrible <sighs> he admitted it he's gonna say it what's that i'm gonna say darvis you hated Jarvis all along
3: <laughs> no um the whole time he's thinking, I really should have cast Paul Bettney for this book. <laughs> yes. And he was available too. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I don't really have anything. Oh, oh come oh. on. <laughs> why, why don't you tell me something that should annoy me about you and then I'll agree?
4: <laughs> okay. uh, I'm just not being that
3: creative. I don't know. Not stick well to deadlines.
0: I was gonna say, is that does that mess you up? Like throws off your timing a little, Robert? Just to get
3: okay, only a that's lot, fair. only a lot.
0: That's the, fair. The capriciousness, right,
3: so, so, the capriciousness of an artist throws off your timelines. So there you go. All right, so that's fair. So so that's that's
2: not annoying. It's it's it can be frustrating, right? Uh, but that's but the problem is, is that the the. The alternative is that you don't get the work done, right? So, so it's, you know, it, it's not entirely fair because well, I put extra work on on top of the project, right? So if I were to just give the manuscript, and I've said this to him before, he's like, because you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to be late or it's not done or this or that, and um, and I'm like, okay, well that's fair, and like the Sentinels books are supposed to come out each January, and you know, I'm not great at math, but month three is greater than month one right so so (laughs) in in the same token just a little bit but in the same token you know he's got all these other things uh you know uh stacked up and like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast like you know hey i just wrote to him i was like hey you want to do this 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 book and he's like yeah let's do this book now it's like hey do you want to do this book yeah let's do this book in 2035. so so I'm lucky that I'm that I'm grandfathered in because it doesn't matter right because that he's booked out right which is great for him and the family and everything else and it's great for me because I'm already in there. so um <laughs> but it'd be faster if I just said here's the manuscript figure out what voice you want and I'll see you in three weeks but we don't we spend time with the with the, uh, the audio and we spend time with the, with the characters and um I did save some time this time because he it, Nick will usually have it proofed. Um, so after I've done proofing it, he'll have someone proof it as well. But we skipped that whole step this time. And and Nick was like, hey, I remember Nick, you're like, are you sure you don't want me to have it proof? Like, nah. Eh. Cause I have proofed it. I've had two other people proof it. Um, and we should we should just cut to the chase and and, and get through. Because anything that someone would would find proofing it, they're like, they're gonna read through the manuscript and look at the, or look at the manuscript while they are listening, right? And I, as I said, eh, you know, whether I used, you know, a plural there or you, or it was is versus are, as long as it sounds good to the listener, it's fine. And I didn't even realize that some of these changes were there until um, I would look at the manuscript while listening and I'd catch more things than I ever caught before. And some of the things were just stupid and little. Um, um, then sometimes like, you know, he turned Kellen into a woman. And that wasn't as good, you know, Like <laughs> yeah. don't be misgendering, Kelly, you know, uh, and, and th- those things need to get fixed. But a lot of the little things don't. So we save we saved some time. That way.
0: But it does show because I'm, I'm super new to, to audiobooks. Jay got me into it. And I always said that Nick was the sound of my voice, the soundtrack of my summer uh, last summer. <laughs> and you do notice, like, and then I got into it. I was reading a lot of the sort of truth and then they switched narrators and you're like, you can tell they were just reading it out loud. They didn't care. They didn't keep the same voice, and then it was the same narrative, and he switched it up. So you can really, really tell the passion that goes through. So I appreciate it as a listener.
3: Well,
2: yeah, we're, I'm glad that it I'm, comes I'm, through. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm a, I, I can see that I, I would probably be annoying to work, to, you know, because it's, I, they're, they you know, they birth these babies, and mm-hmm. and, uh, um, we've gotten a lot easier though. I think this one was pretty easy. Oh yeah, um,
3: oh yeah, I think we went through one round of character selection and creation this time.
2: Yeah. And the seventh one, I think is going to be even easier because there are no new characters at all in the seventh book. Yeah. You said that with this one
4: though.
2: I'm a liar. And there were like a dozen. I'm a dirty liar. Just wait till you get to humanity's promise, man. Humanity's promise. I, I actually, when I was writing that one, I came out to, and I talked to, to, to Rachel and I was like, I'm feeling really bad because I've added um, like 12 new characters to this book. And
3: she's like, ah,
1: Nickelodeon, we'll be fine. <laughs> for, for our we listeners, what's, uh, for our listeners, what's Humanity's Promise? Can you give us a quick... So, yeah, so the book behind, uh,
2: behind you is the, um, is the first book. Yeah, that's, that's, Johnny, uh, behind, yeah, that's, that's uh, Trinity's Children. That's the first book in the sci-fi book. Um, the... Uh, humanity's promise that's this one
4: the, there's it. the band the it.
2: band's it's glossy the band's on it because this is a beta book this is the one that went out to all the beta readers um and um this is one that's 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 published by podium and podium likes longer books and look what i did to myself <laughs>
1: oh my god look at that
2: how many words <laughs> is that it's two hundred five thousand. that's long so, wow so so I, I was talking to a beta reader and he's like wow this is he's like He's like, what are you channeling Robert Jordan? I was like I wish um, <laughs> and uh, he's like this is big and I was like really bad business decision cuz it I, I had someone coach me on this cuz I somebody said hey you want some 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 free advice I'm not like, sure. Um, and he's like you need to you need to write smaller books and release them every like 6 months. And I'm like yeah but they're not I can't I can't really like get in, the characters can't create it's like oh it doesn't that doesn't matter it's a matter of whether you want to make money or not. I'm like, I would like to make some money. <laughs> um, but um, those two things aren't always uh, kind of simpatico is that um, this, this will take forever. You know, if I were to make it half as thick, then I could write it twice as fast. Right. But this is how long it ended up being. Um, and it was what the story, the story needed. But um, so that's the second book that one's coming out in, in August. Um, and since that one, is a it's a podium audiobook, um so they'll be cranky with nick instead of me being cranky with nick. Mm-hmm. so um but they get they'll, they'll be cranky with me as well right so i i i'm on a deadline i have to have this manuscript done by june. um so um i'm on track though so that's good so i get it done by june 15th and then then uh i guess nick starts it whenever he starts it sometime early august um and so that it gets uh, gets out the door at the end of august which is when it's going to come out because it's supposed to be out just in time for dragon Cup. Mm. so two hundred
1: five thousand. It- sorry jenny i gotta ask this question it's, no, it's, no, no, it's right it. in my this brain <laughs> nick how long will that take you to uh get through <clears throat> roughly give us like just a general about 20 hours is is 20 hours of audio right there and and so. how much of that like so you say twenty hours like is that what we're gonna see on Audible it'll say twenty hours, or is that how much time you spend in the booth both? No, nope, that's
3: that's how much that's how much is gonna be listed on Audible when you buy it is twenty hours of audio. In the booth, it'll probably take me three or four times that. And then do you edit your own material? Um or do you have an I, I have somebody else who proofs it. Well, I mean, if I'm working like with podium, say, they have a proofer. Um I, called, I um, I do what's called, I want to be hired as a proofer. That's right.
1: New position. I just love that word.
3: I do what's called the punch and roll editing. So basically when I know I've made a mistake, I just go back to the nearest gap that I can find that's going to sound good and then punch in and keep going. So I'll do a little bit of on the fly editing, but not much. I leave that to the professionals, the people who, who earn, who uh, they, they went through the schooling to, to earn the rights to be able to be audio engineers because it's complicated stuff. <laughs> so.
1: Me over here who edits the podcast, I think I can figure it out. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs>
0: you just say we're always perfect. No, I didn't need it. <laughs> What's funny
1: is, like, I've spent hours editing some of our podcasts like to make it really sound good, and people didn't even comment on it. They didn't even notice the difference. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to crank but, that volume up and call it good. Forget that's you That's the thing, though. <laughs> that's the thing, though, is I feel like with with uh, audio
3: work, if nobody notices the work that you put into it, you did your job well. I guess it's that's true. Because people are going to hear any of the mistakes that you make. They are not going to hear the good stuff. how seamlessly you did your job. So the fact that nobody's commented on... <laughs> Either like how great it sounds compared to your old stuff. It's like, well, then that just means you've been sounding good from the beginning.
1: Right. I figured out a good balance where I don't spend 20 hours on one cast. <laughs> That's now, Audible, Audible is very, very particular.
2: Right. So um, the uh, they, they have a pretty high standard in terms of bitrate and all this that kind of complicated stuff that I don't understand. Um, so um, So you have to get that right. Otherwise, they'll reject it. Um, and once it gets rejected, uh, I have some author friends of mine whose their audiobook got rejected, um, and it's a mess because her second book is out in audio, and her first one, um, which is not ideal, right? Um, uh, because the uh, it, it failed some sort of uh, Audible uh, quality check, so it's now once the workflow breaks i think then like everybody, like what happened what do we do they don't have like a. I mean they may not have a real good process for looping it back in or something i don't know so you really don't want to have that and um nick's engineer the um is rock solid i mean he's he's gotten it and even even with these crazy things that i do on the independent stuff like uh voice blends where multiple people are talking and we blend them together um and then when i when um, we talked about this i think jay last time when uh, in um was it wizard soul the third book when you were singing as the women
3: uh, uh,
2: i think it was Wizard remember. Soul. Yeah. yeah it was because because of the epilogue when would can kelly and shannon do that thing together um so um so nick nick played the haynes sisters from white christmas singing to each <laughs> other i remember and they had to blend blend those two together uh and um and that was just really tough because you got to be able to go right from one to the other and have it seamlessly seem like they're singing to each other when it's him singing himself. I still wish I had a video of him doing that, but um, uh, but uh, his engineer just does a fantastic job. So shout out to
3: to Brian on that. Right, but I mean, I can I can definitely appreciate the stringent qualities that or stringent qualifications that um, the audiobook companies. Um, and like ACX, which is the platform that we use for um, the for the independent stuff, um, I can really appreciate the fact that they have those bars that need to be met because it keeps somebody from, you know, saying, well, I'm going to record an audiobook in my bathtub you know? and it's, <laughs> right. it's going to sound horrible. And as a listener, you're going to have to deal with all kinds of extraneous noises. And it's just it really takes you out of the experience if you're listening to somebody who has you know really like clicky mouth noises or you can hear an air conditioner humming in the background or you hear construction outside of wherever they're recording um it just it completely removes you from the experience and so if you have those um really just solid baseline requirements it just improves the overall experience
2: that makes sense yeah and you guys were talking about the, the length of this book is um, for me I, I don't think I'll ever write one longer. I don't want to say ever,
1: but I, I don't want to write one longer. Um, let me put it that way. Come on, channel that inner step, Jordan. You're not even those are rookie numbers, man. You gotta crank that.
2: <laughs> you know, I've read all of his books and I didn't I didn't feel like they were that long. It's like George R. R. Martins are like tomes, right? Uh-huh. but but I didn't remember that that Jordans were that long. because um, oh, there's so I did. many of them. I did are they that long. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but, but nick nick done some that are 30
3: 40 45 hours.
2: Well, the longest I've done is
3: 40, 47 and a half hours.
2: Yeah, I mean that's I, I, <laughs> I don't think that I could. I don't I couldn't as a listener, I couldn't hold the thread that long. I'd be like, "Oh my god, are you done already?" <laughs> um, so I don't think I could hold hold Sorry. Uh, and you, Anyone's attention because I I can't hold my own attention that way. So so this is it, man. So for those people who are like, can you write longer? Because that's what I get on the sentinels ones. Like the first sentinels book was only ninety three thousand words, and each one it's like a little Easter egg for folks. Each one's at least ten thousand words longer. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so so the next the next one is probably going to be like about one hundred fifty thousand words. Um and um, but. With so I, people consistently say, "Could you make make them longer?" Which is nice because they're they're enjoying the story. Um, but for anybody that's asked, no, <laughs> two hundred five thousand limit, limit, and that's with my alpha readers kicking out a, a chapter. They just ripped an entire chapter out <laughs> after telling me it was horrible. I was an insult to all writers, and that I really was just a horrible
1: human being. In addition, they are sadists. <laughs> <laughs> Sanderson calls it uh, killing your darlings because here you've put all this beautiful work into your darling, and some editor or some beta reader, whoever it is, some reader is going to come in and just kill that thing. And he's like, just let it happen. Kill your darling. It it's was, fine. It was, yeah. And who did you say it was? Uh, Brandon Sanderson says that all the time. That's
2: right. So so, so that he said the same thing me. We were talking about it at the last DragonCon that was in person. Uh, and it's, it was a really interesting conversation because he said, you know, so I was telling him about my wife and how mean she is. Uh, And and, and he's like, you know, there's, there's, there's three kinds of spouses. There's the cheerleader, the non-involver, and then your wife. (laughs) (laughs) So the cheerleader is like, this is awesome. You're doing great, honey. They're going to love this. And the non-involver is like, I don't even want to be involved in this because I don't want to be the critic. And then my wife is like, can I tell you how much shit that is? Please. <laughs> no. um, but maybe you in case She watches this. She makes it so much better. Really as, as a great ear for things that are not right in terms of ca- things that characters are like, she'll like in the, in the paradigm, it's like, mommy wouldn't say that she'd say it like this. Um, and it's a really very, very useful, super great, horrible experience to be in. Um, <laughs> Refiners, it's Spire. like what I used to tell people about about being a Marine Corps
1: brat. Uh, horrible place to be, great place to be from. So. <laughs> so as we've kind of been talking about editing stuff, recently I feel like uh, an audio book came out that kind of changed the game in, in some ways. It was called The Sandman. I don't know, if Neil Gaiman's book. I don't know if you've heard little bits of it or not, um, but they've added in all this noise. So it's almost like a, it's a whole production. Um you have like chanting in the background at times and other times you hear like car accidents or you hear people in cars or if, if they're on a train, you'll hear the in the background as as the story is going. So all the time, it's almost like a, a play or something or, or a movie with just the audio presented in a different light. Do you ever see either of you kind of using that in the future um, or would that be something that the basically the editor would decide just just out of curiosity? <laughs>
2: Robert, go I, ahead. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself doing it for a couple of reasons. One, uh, that's a lot of extra work for somebody. Um, and I think that that's um, probably going to be reserved for the t- top tier of the top tier of, of authors. You know, your J.K. Rowling's, your Neil Gaiman's. And, you know, I, I think my work's pretty good, but but I don't think the market has said that I'm not at that caliber, right? So, um so to, to justify, it's like writing b- bigger books, right? I, I I can't monetarily, I artistically, I justify the length of the book because it's how long it needed to be. Um, artistically, I but, but monetarily, I can't, right? So Neil Gaiman can justify throwing an extra $50,000 worth of sound effects into a book because a million people are gonna buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so someone's willing to throw that cash into it. Um, I think that for, for, for my books, uh, Ask me after the first movie made. Then, then they might be worthy <laughs> of, of someone putting sound effects in, in the audiobooks.
1: Well, and that was, that was another one of the questions I kind of was going to lob your way was any interest in, um, you know, some, some authors I think are fearful of what would happen if they gave their movie, you know, gave away movie rights or, or, or sold them, I should say. If someone approached you and said, hey, I want to make a movie out of it or a Netflix series or, or whatever it be, would you have any interest in that?
2: Um, I would have interest, but I'm also I'm also uh, gun shy. I had conversation like four or five Dragon Con's ago uh, with with um, Jim Jim Butcher about that, and because he had his 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 series option, um, and then created a, a sci-fi series, and then the option still I think was still was held for a while. It might still be held by somebody. I'm not sure. Um, uh, and so I would have to have some amount of control over it and again it probably makes it really unlikely because unless there is this huge groundswell of of demand for for my stories to be made in a movie uh you know it's like you're a second tier writer if you're lucky um and um you want control over this we're freaking netflix you should be happy we're talking to you it's kind of the attitude that i've gotten now i was early early on right after um sentinel's creation one somebody offered uh to um to option the books, but I had to give up, um, film movie and marketing rights in perpetuity. And I'm like,
4: that's
2: (laughs) totally now if you're, you don't know where, how you're going to make rent. Right. And someone comes out to you with 30,000 bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. You you might be like, well, I either don't eat or I give them this option. Right. Uh, but fortunately, you know, I was blessed to not be in that situation. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, because, you're just rolling the dice that if you do that enough times that one of those is going to hit you a hundred million dollars. And then you're, you know, you're, you're, star Wars. Right. And then the, the creator of that uh, has no control over what you do to, the, to his or her characters. Um, and um, all of that, all of that marketing money, um, like for the action figures and all that stuff goes to someone else. So I want to make sure um, that, th- that the characters were, were allowed to remain who they are. Um, and for me, I'd also like the big, the big to do now with Tolkien, and the concern of big Tolkien fans of what will Amazon do, right? Mm-hmm. Please don't Game of Thrones it and put boobs everywhere. Tolkien was a very devout person, and don't do that to it. Um, so there's that concern in, in the nerd, nerdosphere,
1: right? Oh, it's a huge concern. Um, we had a poll on it on our. Uh, I don't remember. It was in a few places we put a poll, and people like blew up about it. Like hundreds of comments um, about it. I think it was on one yeah. of our Facebook groups that we're part of. We we kind of posed that question to a, a group of filmmakers, and they lost it. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to draw false equivalency between my work and, and, and Tolkien's, but make the comparison it's, it's fine because I, I care. <laughs> I <accept>. care about <laughs> it the same way that, that that his his son probably cared about it, right? So, uh, and there's there's a a very very small. A group of people that probably care about it as, as much. Um, again, likening back to, to the uh, conversation that, um, that I had uh, with, with Brandon a couple of years ago, um, someone had asked him where, uh, uh, are you you know how does it feel to be famous? And I loved his answer. He said, "I'm really famous um, to a very, very small number of people. <laughs> and that's. i think that's that's genius in fact, in fact just acknowledging the reality as well as as well um as um you know humbly looking at it but it's it's true is that there's there's a small number of people you know who really love my work and that write to me and buy buy Thumb merch and all that kind of stuff but it's a very small number of very passionate people um and uh, and i and i love them for it but but it's it's not that groundswell that can it can make the world kind of bend around you
1: right well, a, a few years the, or, oh johnny sorry Go no ahead. i was gonna say
0: i just love the sci-fi aspect because last time we talked like the balasar galactica feel like i think that there needs to be out there there's not enough that you get And trinity's child you get that you get that feeling of you're in space but you get that emotion you get that the feel from it it's something i think we need so i would love it if they gave you the let you control it and let nick do the voices even if it's a cartoon Nick oh, Nick, Nick, Nick would have to be
2: in there. He'd have to. He'd have to be a character. That's that's for sure. Um, that that would be great. I don't, and I wouldn't even need control. I, I I would just want to be able to to have the conversation, you know, and, and be able to have it, you know, trust a, a, a person who's who's gonna not try to insert things that aren't uh, that aren't there. I think that's a, kind of the problem that we have with entertainment today is that there's too many people that are trying to to message rather than entertain. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And I, and I wrote that in one of my author's names. You know, it's, I think it's great to message people, but you should, your first responsibility in, in, in creating entertainment is to entertain. And then if someone wants to scratch beneath the surface and see other, some of the things that you put there for them to kind of experience or to, to message, then that's, then that's great. But the first thing should be, you know, to have a, a great romp. And, um, when you get a copy of, um, of humanity's promise, um, hopefully uh johnny you'll you'll like it even more i i i honestly think it's the it's the the, the best thing ever which you know I'm, I'm really happy with it which normally i'm not nick will tell you like i don't know if this is gonna be any good yeah i mean like when i wrote paradigm i was like i don't know nick i don't know it might suck
0: <laughs> I, I mean i, I love like like the, the costumes like every feel you had because it's, it's hard like a lot of people have never seen farscape they even Battlestar galactica they get hit and miss but i'm like that feeling that you get of a show that's it's you know set in space and it's set in, you know, in the future or whatever, but you, it's a human. You know, some sometimes they go out of the way. So I like that. Want more? I just want more. I want. I want every year, just ten chapters. Just give it to us.
1: So
2: and, uh, and Nick has promised to tell me when things are bad. So he, he mm-hmm. did too. He you know it's funny because he told me a chapter earlier. Um, He's like, yeah, you know, I was really worried about this. This was going, and then it turned in a different way. But we've gotten to the place where where because um, his mother. Told him not to tell people. Tell him about your your mother's advice about telling authors, or was it Aaron that told you
3: not to tell people? Um, I, I think that that was my wife who who had said like you know don't don't tell people how to write their books. <laughs> I mean, like, they're the authors. <laughs> uh, yes, but, but for me,
2: I, I got a, I gave him an exemption. He's, he's he's required to tell me if I screw something up because he's he's the
3: last stop. Um, And I've, I've done it uh, on occasion, you know, I've called you out on some things to say like, Hey, uh, what do you think (laughs) about this instead? Yeah. And I love it. It's great.
1: We have um, a friend, uh, his name's Lion Beckwith. He's, he's an actor, but he was in the most recent Wonder Woman movie. And he was telling us about one of his experiences going up to a director and being like, Hey, I think you should do this. (laughs) And the director was just like, like got him off the set and everything like it was a it was a (laughs) go away talent yeah exactly it was it was it did not go over well so i was curious you know if you would take that in stride or not but it was a pretty funny story oh yeah i mean i um
2: i'm almost impossible to insult i mean it's It's true i've I've tried (laughs) i've tried (laughs) tried. yes it's uh and and especially from friends i just take it in, in, in in stride because it usually makes everything it makes everything better so I'm happy. I'm happy for it. Cause I, I don't finalize the manuscript till, um, Nick and I are done, which I think is probably weird. Um, but for the ones that not, I can't do it with podium, um, because they, they want the the, the ebook and the print, the print book out, um, in market before the audiobook. But, um, for, for the ones that Spartamac publishes, my, my publishing company, um, uh, it's taken me five years to figure out the timing, but but it uh, I always finalize the manuscript once we're done um, because I think that's the best product is when Nick and I have both had our hands on it.
1: So Nick, I had to so two quick things that we've kind of I wanted to to loop in real quick. One is a uh, you, you talked about Brandon Sanderson saying you know he's he's very famous to a few set of people. I was at a, an amusement park, and I, I saw an author, He's uh, his name is Brandon Mole, who I grew up reading his work, I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, he was walking by, and, and I almost shouted at him, Brandon Mole! And I got really excited and ran up to him, I think he was kind of like, whoa, who's this random kid? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't a kid, I was like 24 at the time when I yelled at him, um, and, and I just shouted it at the park, like I saw him and it was a, kind of a reaction. So I think that's probably what you mean, is like, the people who do know you, it's you know, you get a very visceral reaction out of. And Sanderson warns against that. He says, don't fanboy. I never listen to it. I, I always fanboy. When we first met Nick, I was like, Nick, I have to tell you. <laughs> I've been listening to your voice for hours. <laughs> sure, it was a little overwhelming.
2: <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick tell, him, tell him the Aaron story where the fa- the fangirl
3: experience. The Aaron. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> awesome. there was... Uh, there was a, a teen book festival that I went to. And um, one of the organizers was very familiar with my work. And uh, she, when she came up to my wife and I, um, and Aaron and I were fairly newly married at this point, this was pretty early in our marriage. Um, but she came up to us and uh, was introducing herself. and like, I'm such a big fan. And she <laughs> she turns to my wife and says, how do you stand living with him that must be so amazing and my wife just very dead pan looks at her and says i manage
0: (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna humble him real quick here. oh yeah
3: (laughs) oh no my my wife is great she she is uh she is the quiet cheerleader Where she she definitely encourages me and builds me up, but she also makes sure that when my head's getting a little too inflated, she just takes a pin and pops that balloon. Just to to keep me grounded.
1: That's so awesome. We we both married up, that's for sure. We did, we
3: did. We married above our pay grade.
1: I was going to tell you, Nick, I... As someone who's just a dog chasing cars at times, I, I was looking up who, who some of the uh, creators of the last Skyrim were because I'm I'm trying I'm gonna go ahead and send out an email like, Hey, here's who you should hire to do some of the voices for the new Skyrim, Nick Fidel. <laughs> he needs to be in it. <laughs> so I've <laughs> the begun next that elder process. Scrolls. Yeah. That'll that be one of our
2: because Bethesda, you know, they'll probably release it sometime around twenty fifty. Right. Which will right. Be just about
1: just about the time that you have, you know, <laughs> you can schedule them in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About the same time, the um, we need to have a uh, a interstellar spaceship, you know. Otherwise, we'll be blown up. So
4: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> we only got till twenty forty five. Yeah, and and so new Skyrim, you know, we can play it before the Earth ends. So we're good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would be okay with that if I don't yeah, make I it to too. you know.
0: <laughs> that's how I want it to go. One last time with the new Skyrim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I I am. Uh, I'm gonna complain about how some of the voices were the same. You know, why is the shopkeeper the same voice as the guardsman at uh, at uh, <laughs> I don't know John, so at solitude? So I think Nick Padell should take one of those roles. <laughs> we could we could see we'll a have
0: Robert uh, write the lines for it. Off-brand you know, quoth
1: yeah. in there is one of the bards. You know, just a little nod. Doesn't need to be quoth, but you know. I'm just saying, I'm I'm in the works of trying to snowball that. We'll get it going on Reddit. Right, right. We'll get the petitions. Red Although I, hair. And, yep. I feel like the more you ask, sometimes the more like creators are like, "No, I'm not doing that." Like, you know, you see some of these oh, yeah, huge uh, polls George online. Martin's
2: like that, yeah. There was a great meme years ago where it's like every time you ask George Martin when when book, whatever it is is coming out, he kills another Stark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much.
0: I went to uh, the first Comic-Con I went to is San Diego in 2017, and one of them looked just like Martin. And we're like, hey, Martin. And he's like, who's your favorite character? And we're like, no, no. And we <laughs> ran away. So he's going to kill him off. So. <laughs> we're like, no. That's the only thing he said. Who's your favorite character? Really creepy. And we're like, oh, no. Was
1: it, was it Martin or was it a Martin look-like?
0: I mean, it was Comic-Con, so point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's like, I think it was him, but who's to say? <laughs> um, so... I've re- we've taken about a little more than an hour of your time, so we can start wrapping up. But let's get into some shameless plugs. Nick, Robert, give us some shameless plugs. What should we be checking out? And part of that, Robert, I really wanted to have you do an elevator pitch for each of your series. Maybe just a 30-second uh, YouTube clip that I can put up on our page of buy this book. Here's an elevator pitch. Um, so, okay. So shameless plugs and elevator pitches. That's what I got. Oh, gosh.
3: Right, well, I'll, well, I'll, 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 I'll go, go first. first. I'll go first because I'm going to shamelessly plug a book that just came out this Tuesday called (laughs) A Scion of Amber Light. It is book six in the Sentinels of Creation series. Awesome book. Uh, You would probably find it in the urban fantasy or possibly contemporary fantasy genre. Um, No, it it is a fantastic book. I am incredibly dreading the fact that this is the second to the last book uh, because I love these characters and I'm not sure what I'm going to do without them. So Robert's either going to have to start writing some more uh, things that take place in this world. Like he's hinted at in some of his author's notes with uh, stories about Shannon and Megan and some of these other major characters that, uh readers and listeners want to know more about so that one hit stores on tuesday so go out and get it
2: well that was a shameless plug for my stuff what
3: about your stuff no it's my stuff too, yeah, it's it's my stuff. Stuff too right that's
2: right that's right okay all right um so uh, shameless plug and what, what are the two series about? So I don't have to shamelessly plug that because the, the book that just came out, uh, Nick just plugged. And I, but I would say start with the first book, not the sixth one. <laughs> It'll probably be confusing if you start with six. Um, so I have two series out currently uh, and a novella and I'll tie the novella in a second. So the first series is Sentinels of Creation. Six books are, uh, are in market uh, now. And um, it's a um, it's a urban fantasy where if you think about uh, going from the dawn of creation to today, that classic struggle between uh, light and dark, uh, order and chaos is the is the structure in mind. And um, an agnostic slash atheist guy who never would have thought that uh, he would have uh, experienced the supernatural. Um, is given the capability to kind of alter some of the foundation aspects of creation, and he gets uh, the role of the unchecked God's unchecked hand on the world. Uh, and as the series progresses, you start to see that there is a long game being played, uh, and that the adversary that you think is the adversary isn't really, and that um, and that it all comes to a head um, in the in the seventh book. Um, but ultimately it's kind of a love story, um, while not being a romantic, uh, book between, uh, Kellen, uh, and the, the female character, a uh, primary female character, Shannon. Um, and the, uh, the, the world kind of revolves around their growing together, uh, and, um, taking on that role, uh, as, as God's unchecked hand on the world, uh, and trying to defend it from, um kind of destruction of that is coming for it. So that's uh, that's sentinels of creation. Um and uh Paradigm 2045 is a sci-fi. It's a near um there it is. Is it is a near uh I think I have a There it is. Near future. There you go, still shiny. Um it's a near future uh sci-fi book set in 2045. Um and it's based on the, the premise of if species were to split the atom, which most of, if they're assuming there are multiple species, so we probably would all figure that out. Um, if, a, if you had 100 years to demonstrate faster than light travel um, after you split the atom or uh, those who preceded you in that capability uh, exterminated your species, um, what would that last six months look like? Uh, as you're running out of time to demonstrate that the human race was ready to join the community of species in, in, in our, our uh, Milky Way galaxy. And that's pretty much um, what Paradigm 2045 is about. So whereas the Sentinels of Creation is spread out over seven years, uh, both in terms of production time, my production time uh, and the story, uh, Paradigm 2045 is spread out over about a year. So it's the the first book is about 90 days um, and the second or six months, rather the second book is about, is about 90 days. um, And then the last book is going to be about a year uh, of character time. Um, And so Sentinels of Creation is seven uh, books and the um, Paradigm 2045 is, um, is three. Uh, And I'll make uh, a little bit of news. The epilogue for paradigm 2045's third book which will be called omandi's demon the epilogue of that will smash into the last book or epilogue of sentinels of creation so those two universes converge in the epilogue of paradigm 2045 omandi's demon in god willing
1: august of 2022 very nice that's amazing spoiler warning There you go. Science (laughs) and magic unite. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm, so I have this huge backlog of books. So I finished 2045, Paradigm 2045. I have not started Sentinels of Creation, mostly because I've got about seven books in my Audible account right now that I need to burn through. (laughs) Thankfully, I'm on vacation. So I'm, I'm head, head, um, I'm, I'm getting through them. (laughs) But that's, that's the next one on my list. Don't
2: listen to them at two times um, speed. Nick does
1: not do well as Chippendale. <laughs> I, I, I think I, the highest I can go is 1.25. Otherwise, I just like get a headache. So you don't need to worry about that. I will say of, of Paradigm 2045, I, I've been um toying with the idea of writing a book for forever. But I just can't get over the fact that it's a cool concept that like humanity has split an atom but hasn't done all these other you know like why haven't we learned how to terraform the earth or why haven't we learned how to do all these other interesting things it's kind of a cool concept you put into my head of just like isn't that interesting like it was almost like this was the route we took not you know
0: figure it out earthlings come on
1: yeah i don't know i thought that was a really cool <laughs> sci-fi premise that you know here we we i don't know We're, we have so many limits that we haven't broken through but that was one of the ones that we broke through in the 40s it's like <laughs> <laughs> come on guys yeah it's interesting
2: how that, how that comes to you sometimes from a, from a writing perspective is that that was the kernel of the idea is that is that if you don't learn how to create a diaspora for your species within 100 years, but you have been able to create and unleash the ultimate destructive force, then you're likely to be a destructive element on the galaxy. So we're just going to wipe you out before you become a problem. So, you know, Trinity nuclear test, pff, the clock starts ticking 100 years, you're out. So that was just
1: the foundation, just
2: that that tiny kernel of an idea.
1: And I love uh, there's So there's a scene where one of these ambassadors for the, the planet killers who, who are the, the testers asks, asks one of the main characters in the beginning, have you achieved interstellar travel? That's my best attempt at Nick's voice. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, the, the creator, or the uh, this Damien character, the main one of the, the main force in the book. Says, uh, no, I'm a little short on. Uh, I can't remember what he says. I'm a little short fresh on fresh out of warp drives. Exa- I'm a little fresh out of warp drives. I love that line so much. Um, go on, yeah. fun, Nick. Monkey dance. Give us a ding. <laughs> fresh out of warp drives. No, nope, you're gonna have to go listen to it. Yeah, yeah. and you, you, have you to really should listen to it as as a shameless. So... Much better businessman than I. am. Look at him. You gotta go buy the book. So much better business. Going on. I can edit his voice in doing it. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, don't sue me, Robert, when I do that. When I when I put just a five second clip in, no suing us. Um, but but I don't sue people. As, as Nick said, um, it really is a good book. It, it pulled me in um, as I listened to it. They, they were doing, you know, they were being chased by the government government and planes. And I was actually traveling when I first started listening to it. So I was on a plane listening to them being shot, tried to be shoot down, shot down, and stuff at certain points. Spoiler warning, um, and I was like sweating in this plane. Like I was wearing a mask. I was I was attending a funeral, so I was wearing a mask, and I was just like anxious as can be, sweating. Like I couldn't breathe very well. Like listening to this listening to this book on a yeah, plane. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thankfully, it was my wife next to me, but I think everyone else is like, "What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> it's a condition, everyone. <laughs> um, no, but I think Johnny, do you have any final notes for us?
0: Yeah, no, I recommend it to everyone because like, it, it hits a very good, and I always point this out today, Like, there's a sci-fi bubble out there. Like, we There's a hole. We need it. And it's enough that it's realistic. Sometimes sci-fi is too far ahead. And you're like, you know what? It's sci-fi. That makes sense. Then I like that a lot. It's not like, ooh, it's a laser beams coming out of here. And I'm like, oh, no, it's something realistic or attainable within our lifetimes. So I always tell you, I like it a lot.
1: There's so no I, Klingons I, I, or Kryptonians, although there's elements of that. It's not to that level yet. Yeah. The first book especially is very realistic and yeah,
0: it's, it's relatable as much as it can be as a sci-fi. You're like, "Oh, okay, I can see that."
1: Robert,
3: what was the way that you described it to me that it was the oh, I'm I'm going to paraphrase here that it's it's the perfect blend of science uh of science fact with uh handwavium <laughs> to to explain the the little bits that don't really like the physics doesn't make sense
2: yeah it's um i was on a panel last year with with david niven which was which was uh Larry. larry sorry larry niven um uh who was just he's one of the you know the founders of, of, of sci-fi so um uh and um we were talking about hand wavium, right which is uh that 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 whole don't look at me <laughs> and in and, and science fiction you really have to have some of it but 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 we were, you know, he, we were talking about how much is the, is the right amount, right? Because um, if you don't have any, then you're looking at, a, at a, almost a scientific treatise. Um, and you have to be a better writer than I am to, to make that interesting. And it has to be really kind of really close to, to home in terms of timing. So a good example, I think, of that is uh, Andy Weir's um, The Martian, right? There's a lot of science in yeah. that. And it's real, right? Uh, close to real, right? Um, so um, that you try to do that in, in my book and it's not gonna work because you have space is big. I didn't realize how big space was <laughs> until I started doing the research for that book. And that's when I started panicking and telling Nick, I think this I think I may have read, read a horrible book. Because um, <laughs> you have to get places, otherwise, like the entire book is you sitting on your ship, you know, and getting a year older you've gotten nowhere. I mean, you have no idea. So, so in the, in the humanities children or humanities promise, I actually, and my wife didn't like this part of the chapter, by the way, um, was I described, I put into context, how fast you have to go to get anywhere. Right. Um, by putting in context of, you know, in our current technology, if it weren't for Damien uh, Thorne, um, Damien Howard, uh, you, you, it would be 24,000 years before we get there. And we're going to be there in three days, whatever, wherever it was, the people I have their work ahead of them to make sure I didn't screw that math. Up. <laughs> um, which I, I did it like five times. And I, I was like, all right, I think I got the math. Up. But so so you have to figure out how how to to get places. So um, so that's my hand waving, I, I really limited my hand waving to, to, to travel. Uh, everything else in the book is real. Because I, I was I researched how how shielding would work crystal and aluminum how would that work for 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 being able to see through something that could hold in back va- hold out vacuum, um, and hold in pressure, um, uh, rail guns how they work with depleted depleted uranium uh, that are then you know accelerated to speed if you get hit with depleted uranium you're going to have a hole in your ship, <laughs> um, so so all of those types of things um, was. Um, you know, which is really the kind of the difference between fantasy and sci-fi, which makes, I think, sci-fi harder in some, some respects. Fantasy is easier in that respect, but harder in that the consistency of your magic system is hard. You have to maintain that. Whereas in sci-fi, the consistency of your magic system is constrained by physics, right? So, you, so your constraints exist. You have to figure out how to get around them. Whereas in magic, your constraint is getting you get around them and don't keep track of your own rules, and then you get in trouble because your fans will tell you that you're an idiot.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> not today robert i believe you're wrong sir
2: <laughs> i've had that I, i've had that conversation and i was like but well, you're paying more attention than i am. in fact one person uh corrected me and their punishment was they're now in beta <laughs> that's what you get <laughs> that'll teach you and so that's, correct to my that's writing. me that's me. And I was like, so now, if it's wrong next time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that's it. Right? There always we be someone. Had someone catching call that. us
0: out on on Instagram once about our. You guys only do memes on Star Wars, and we're like, excuse you. We have authors and narrators, so we put them on our cast and shut them down a few times. So we're like, that's what you get. You make fun of us, we'll put you on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I think I think we'll close out. Uh, I don't know, Nick, if you want to do a little bonus or not. I know you've got a family and a life, so do you, Robert? Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. I just meant Nick was offered to show us his uh, I'm, I'm nerd old. world. It's fine, Robert. You I don't have anyone wrong. that cares about you, but Nick, we're concerned about your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we will close out this portion of the cast. Uh, any any final words for us, Johnny? It, it's our first
0: ever uh, panel, in a sense. So we're super happy it was with you guys. We were we wanted to. We we're like, who we're gonna do it with? And we're like, <laughs> Robert and Nick made our summer. So we're like, we're 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 gonna beg and plead for these guys to be our first yeah. ever Deadlightner panelists. So we're happy. Well, you
2: always remember
1: your first time, and I'm glad I could be yours.
2: <laughs> <We're
1: no longer laughs> I was wondering person. if anyone else was catching that Freudian uh, thread Johnny was spinning. Yeah. I was like, hmm.
4: <laughs>